Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Are you running so fast through life that you know your closest relationships aren't all that they could be? Want some keys to transforming them into something great? Today on episode 30 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Jeremy Roebrook. Jeremy is an expert at transforming lives. No understatement. By helping his clients and those who follow his social media and courses make some changes in how they treat others in relationships, which gets a great payoff for the whole family. Let's talk about family relationship building and how that is the core of our ongoing personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome friends. Don't know if you agree with me or not, but oftentimes it's easier to feel like a success at work than it is to feel like a success at home. Work has measurables, deliverables, and you know, we get quicker positive feedback when we're accomplishing items on our to-do list, which leads us to feeling like we're making progress. But at home, it's the long game. Our closest relationships to our spouses and children are well, let's just say a little messier. Living with people day in, day out can also lead to friction and conflict, and it's easy to push each other's buttons from that familiarity. We're not quite sure if we're being successful at parenting and marriage, but we darn well sure know when we aren't. What if we were as intentional about being the right spouse and parent and honoring our family as we were about being that role model and hard worker in our jobs? Well, my guest today is Jeremy Roebrook. Here's a little bit about Jeremy. I love his little bio. He says, I am Jeremy the Kung Fu guy, a force of nature married to another force of nature named Autumn. They have two amazing balls of energy called kids. And they're here. He's here to help you empower your kids to speak up and own their voice. He'll help you unlock and remove the chains of childhood that seem to hold us from our destiny with the tools to have inner strength confidence to speak up and to be heard and understood. Jeremy and I met at a recent mastermind event in San Diego and just the car ride conversation to the Maritime Museum alone made my day and made me think. Welcome, Jeremy. Well, thank you, Paul. It is awesome to be here. And yeah, I'm excited to dig in and let's let's go kill some sacred cows in a good way and amplify some things because to me, it's all BS. It's all belief systems. So we upgrade our belief systems. We upgrade a lot of our behavior quickly and easily. See what I mean, listeners? He's already bringing value in his introduction. (laughs) Well, Jeremy, you've chosen to narrow in on helping men who own a business, are married, and have kids to thrive and come alive in their marriages. Why this group? Well, unfortunately... The, the sad fact is divorced men, uh, about 10 a day end their lives. And this is a very serious oh. topic because they, when, when a man specifically like masculine men, when they've lost their legacy, they've lost their reason to live. When they begin to believe that they are the problem, well, I'm a protector, I'm a provider. I'm going to remove myself from the equation. I'll protect everyone else by taking myself out of the game of life. Mm. And, and that doesn't need to happen. Like that is literally a belief system 
it's complete garbage and, and it, it, it ruins lives. It impacts the kids. They live with, with damage for, for many, many years and it doesn't have to be that way. So, so that's really the driving force. And I see how many men are suffering and how that impacts their kids because kids that are raised in, in dysfunctional foundations, that becomes their quote unquote normal. And then they will create that in their future, even if they intellectually hate it emotionally, that's where they gravitate because that's their home. If I don't, if I don't have a jealous partner, then they don't really love me. I have to create that jealousy. And, and that's not sustainable in, in the slightest, but that's their normal. And so that's what they try to create. So we want to change all that stuff. So we need to have different conversations. So are you saying that if we can, if we can help the, the men, the husbands, the fathers in the family unit, it's just going to really burgeon and just sort of be a, a positive positive shadow that helps the whole family. Absolutely. You can't give what you don't have. And so if you as the dad, as, as a leader in your family, I, I believe, you know, husbands and wives should co-create their marriage and co-create their parenting. But if you're going to be a leader, somebody who operates through influence and, and sets a higher standard, aligns vision and values, you, you can't give what you don't have. And if you're feeling unstable, if you have unresolved stuff from the past, you have a wound with one of your parents, um, that stuff is going to ripple into your kids and, and you're going to give them, no matter what you say, your kids are going to become who you are and what you do way more than whatever you say. Right. So, so you and I both know as leaders, we kind of, we got to walk our talk. We can't just do what I say, not what I do, child. That ain't going to cut the mustard. <laughs> it is not. And you've already started answering my next question, which are, what are the common pain points in the men that you empower? And then where do you start with helping them? Yeah. So, so a lot of that, it, it's, it's kind of a cluster. It's a, it's a shotgun of just a bunch of different things. There's overwhelm, feeling worthless, uh, feeling like they have no one they can talk to or no one they can trust, feeling lost, confused, twisted, and used. And, and it's really, it's that, that, that feeling rudderless, feeling like they're out of their depth, that they're fish bait, right? Everything I'm trying to do, like, like a lot of times I'll see in, in the guys I work with business, they're crushing business. They're sharks out in the world and they come home and they're fish bait or they're chum and they're just getting chewed up and spit out. They can never make their wife happy. They can't like figure out what their kids want. And they, they constantly feel like they're under attack and they have to fight to justify or to get room to breathe. And it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just, sometimes they don't know what to do and they're so busy fighting themselves or fighting for room to breathe existentially or emotionally. Like, like, all right. So first step, dude, like take a deep breath. Like right now, just everybody listening, take a deep breath, let it in, you know, breathe in for your, for your nose or your mouth, but breathe in three to five seconds, just breathe in and then breathe out. And just that breath, it's like, oh, I've got a little more room inside to operate. And so we start there and then it's really about accepting the reality of the moment. Doesn't mean I agree. Doesn't mean that's where I'm going to stop, but by accepting the reality now we can begin to influence it. We can begin to impact it. We can begin to change it. Because if you're in denial, right, that, that you're never going to get anywhere because you can't get to what's real and, and you're standing on shifting sands. And so I have a, a simple mm -hmm. pattern I walk through. I call it clarity, certainty, and confidence. And it's just how to start building a person stronger. And I don't use fault or blame or guilt or shame. That's all just, it keeps you tight and it keeps mm -hmm. you stuck. Like I'm a martial artist. When you get punched, and are kicked or tackled and you're beating yourself up about what just happened, you're going to get beat by your opponent because you are now out of the flow of reality. You got the hit. Okay. You got to roll with it and you got to like suck it back up, get back on your game plan. You, you can't get sidetracked and like this hurts and that's not what I wanted. 
yeah, well, suck it up, Buttercup. We gotta like move, and and not blame, <laughs> just breathe, dude. Yeah, I've been at uh, several workshops uh, recently where the the presenter actually started with us breathing because she wanted to clear the the. Uh, all the, the garbage that had happened to us earlier in the day and help us to be fully present right here. So it sounds so simple and yet it has, yeah. You can, lag can you for a me? second. It sounds so simple and then you lag. Okay. It, it's got, yeah, I wonder if there's an internet issue here. I'll, I'll start back on that one. So it sounds so simple breathing and yet it seems like there's such great payoff to it. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you basically have two functions in your nervous system. You have a fight or flight system, and then you have a rest and digest system, and they're kind of mutually exclusive. And so the cool thing is breathing is a balance between the two. Because if I want to get somebody in a highly charged emotional state, then we can do short, shallow breaths. We can start to not quite hyperventilate, but we can like accelerate your heart rate through breathing. But the opposite is also true. We can breathe low and slow and use the diaphragm. And as you breathe low and slow, your center of gravity drops, digestion increases, your smooth muscle tissue takes more an act, an, a more active role. And you just like, you feel more mellow, you feel more centered. Every martial art in the world, go back, study history. They all began with breathing and meditation because in conflict, in combat, you cannot afford to lose your mind. You have to stay focused. And the person who's more calm tends to make the better decisions. So you make breathing a daily habit and literally your world can change. Like we can live, we can live days without food. Uh, actually we can go weeks without food, depending on how big you are. We can go days without water and we can only live minutes without air. Mm -hmm. And yet we don't spend time dealing with the quality of our breathing. How deep can we breathe? How long can we breathe? How slow can we breathe? There's so many benefits from that. And so, yeah, it, it's a, it's a practice and, you know, even just five minutes, 10 minutes a day of just breathing three seconds in three seconds out, it, it can give you a huge buffer in your neurochemistry to handle stress because you're clearing out the, the brain, you're clearing out all your stress hormones as you're breathing lower and slower. Um, it, it's such a powerful skill. And, you know, I'm fortunate I do Qigong, which is uh, energy work in, in Chinese martial arts. I do meditation. I've got two and a half decades plus in martial arts. So I'm immersed in this a lot. And then I do a decent amount of running as well. So breathing is like super, super important. I do it every single day. Every day. It's like a shower, whether you need it or not. No, That's you do right. need it. <laughs> and breathing's kind of an addiction. It'll wear your lungs out eventually. I read a thing somewhere and they said, what if oxygen <laughs> is toxic to humans? It just takes 75 to hundred years to kill us. <laughs> I was like, well, that's fun. <laughs> Trees well, are slowly it, poisoning us so we become fertilizer for them. <laughs> well, it also reminds me, I don't know where I read it, but, you know, uh, tennis pros or tennis coaches, you know, really try to train the recovery or the reset, the brain reset in those 30 seconds between serves, like to clear out, they just hit it into the net, right? And you've seen probably tennis players lose it, you know, a la John McEnroe, uh, you know, we went crazy after, uh, a line call or whatever, but like they have to get their brain back on track or they will lose. The momentum will shift away from them. And I'm assuming that's what you're talking about with martial arts as well. Yeah, absolutely. You, you take a hit, you got to let it go. Like you cannot attach to that moment because that was just a moment. If you attach, now you're in the past and your opponent's going to hit you because they're in the moment, they're moving forward in time and you're stuck. But how many people 
you know, you had an argument with your wife and you have to go to work and you have to deliver a presentation. How many people could just can be completely present and they're not going to have any back pressure thinking about what their wife said and they're going to come home and she's going to like withhold love and she's going to stonewall. Like, it's very rare that it's just like, nope, I, I walk out the door. I'm a hundred percent perfect mood, perfect attitude. I'm in the game. I'm in it to win it. And then I'm going to come back home and I'm going to pick all that crap back up and get right back into the fight with her. Yeah. Rare. Most of oh. us, it bothers us all day long and it, and it weighs on us and we snap at other people and we take things out on them that they don't deserve. Cause, cause our, our nervous system has been primed by that fight with our wife in the beginning of the day. And now all day long, everything just kind of stacks into that more. So it's helpful to know how to reset yourself and challenge. It's better. Don't get in the fight in the first place. <laughs> I, I like True. to win. So I just, if I never fight, I, I win by just solving it before it becomes a fight. And then Ooh. so much easier. <laughs> well, and I like that. It's a, it's a business tip as well, because you're a whole person. You bring your whole self to work. Something did happen at home. And if you don't want it to poison the rest of your day, you're going to need some reset kinds of things to not let it affect you as much for the rest of the day, but I really like what you said, solve it before it becomes a problem. Yeah, well, I like to win. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So, so change the game, right? Change yeah. the game. Well, I win every fight I never get into. Yes. Like I have a 100% success rate with every fight I never got into. I won those, 100%. <laughs> Love and, it. And it's just, how can, you, how can you like recognize the pattern and how can you deconstruct it or, or diffuse it before it actually becomes a fight? And it's just, you know, something happened and, and, and somebody's feelings got hurt. And then you own that, not in a fawning way to please, so I don't get yelled at, but just as a, oh, I'm sorry, that, that came across completely not the way I intended. I'm so sorry I hurt your feelings. I own that. That's on me. You're amazing and you didn't deserve that. Ooh, just that, that, a- that, that one little yeah. phrase. Yeah. You can open up a whole different energy flow with your, with your wife, even with your kids. Like dad's apologizing. What the hell? And it's like, yeah, I'm sorry. That's not at all my intention and not rationalize or justify or, Oh, I didn't get enough sleep or, Oh, you know, you start to equivocate. You're buying back the apologies. Don't do that. Whew. Wow. Listeners. I hope you just re- rewind that little, that little piece right there. Cause Jeremy just added it in on the apology. What makes for a good apology how that makes things better in the relationship, how it models it for your children to see dad apologize. So show that that's a really great thing and not something you rationalize or justify away. Buy back the apology. Wow. Yeah. I I see guys do that all the time. And it's like, dude, you're justifying yourself. You need to stop. Well, no, I apologize. And I'm explaining. I'm like, dude, no, that's not how polarity works. All you're doing is insulting her and she's going to get more and more tense and more and more hurt. Because you're not, it's a non-apology apology. I'm sorry, I'm sorry your feelings got hurt. There's no ownership in that. That is true. That is true. And I've caught myself before, like I just want to be heard myself. So I want to say what was going through in my head that led me to this and my motive was pure. That doesn't help in the moment. I've learned that the hard way. Nope. <laughs> because because her feelings are hurt. So think about like right. feathers or feathers on a on a bird and the feathers are going the wrong way. And you're going to talk about how you didn't mean to touch them that way and you didn't mean to mess up their feathers. The feathers are still disturbed until that is soothed out and back to complacent and in the right way. Nothing else is going to land. Everything else is just going to hurt more. It's like you're you're just your words become a hot poker and you're just stabbing over and over and over again. So it's like shut up apologize and actually own the apology, own the damage, because you don't get to dictate how they received whatever it was you said or did or thought or felt or whatever. You don't get to, you don't get to decide that. You don't get to tell someone, 
well, I didn't mean to hurt you. Okay. It still hurt. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't mean to. That, that you're, you're barking up the wrong tree, dude. There's a time and a place to get your yourself hurt as well, but it's not when your partner's in an emotional storm because you got to get them back to calm, cool, collected, get them out of their head, back into their heart. Then we can have that other comment. Hey, honey, can we unpack that a little bit? Because you know, we got in a place I did not want to be with you in the slightest. And I'm so sorry. Again, I'm so sorry that I hurt your feelings. That was never my intention. Could, could I just walk through what got me there so that we can figure out how to not happen again? See, then when you request the coaching and you request the conversation from your partner, you're open to coaching. When it's forced down your throat, you get resistant and you're going to fight for justifying whatever it was you did. And so that's, that, that's the game, right? It, it's you go and you get consent's a beautiful thing. And so don't try to like split the hairs in the moment. Like let's get the healing. Then we can deconstruct and figure out how we got here. So we never get here again. I want to have new fights with you. I hate the old fights. I want new and interesting <laughs> fights. I want fun fights. I want fights where like whipped cream comes out somewhere. Flute, fruit is flying off the cutting board. I don't know what's going on here, but I'm down for this struggle. <laughs> I got the chocolate sauce. Let's play. If we're going to fight like that. And then she's like, Ooh, I want to fight like that. Way this, is the kind of, this is the kind of stuff I do. And this is where I meet people and we change things. <laughs> yes. Well, and I want to hear some of those stories. By the way, you have the, one of the best trans uh, testimonial pages I've ever seen with, Thank like you. you've taken snapshots of changed lives from your various social media platforms, put them on a page. Brilliant, by the way. Thank Could you. you tell us a couple of transformation stories uh, before your services, after your services, yeah. using some of the tools? Yeah, yeah. So I work with, there's a guy I know, I've, I've known him for a while through various circles. And, and we ended up getting into a conversation and he ended up like needing some support. And he was struggling with some unresolved anger. He felt like, you know, I've grown in a lot of ways in my life and I've done this and this, but I just, I get mad really easily. And I take it out on everyone in the house. And I don't want to be like that. And it's not fair to them, but I just can't get out of my own way. And, and he started to get angry as he's telling me about how he gets angry. And I'm like, well, you're very well conditioned. And so we ended up doing, doing some sessions together and we kind of unplugged the anger, where it came from, alcoholic dad, there's, there's some unresolved stuff in his past. And so we clean that up. And then you know, the work I do is usually like 90 days, six months max, because it's, it's deep stuff fast. And a lot of it is one or two conversations. We move some really, really big, big things from the past. And so we got this result for him. And the next week or two, he's like marveling and just like, you know, the stuff that used to set me off. And I'm just like, wow. And I kind of laugh and my family's kind of like looking at me and they see me laughing and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. What's going on? And like, it was just this weird, fun thing because he wasn't angry anymore because he, he just didn't see the need because he found other ways to be heard or to impact change or to influence or whatever it was. So that's March. And then in June, I get a message from him and his wife wants to get a divorce because she had started, they'd been together 18 years and she had started talking with this old flame from high school and she had been sending him texts and there was this emotional cheating thing. Cause I got this message out of the blue saying, do you think it's possible for someone to be in love with two people at once? And I was mm. like, yeah, that can happen in, in an intimate situation. If one of them is not planned, it could be very messy and ugly. Why what's going on? And, and so we unraveled that and, and I kind of helped him navigate the separation and he was really solid. But he sent me a note and he said, categorically, if we hadn't done what we did in March, I would be dead right now Whoa. because of the anger he had. And then when she left him and the way things unraveled, he would have, he would have ended himself because he would have had like, it would have been the ultimate rejection and the ultimate betrayal. But because we had worked together, his sense of identity was stronger and he was able to love his wife now ex-wife and let her go 
and and they're like they're like sitting on the couch having a beer talking and they're like how they're gonna how they're gonna separate how they're gonna exit and they've got a kid with special needs between the two of them and like there's mm. a lot of complications roll the clock forward another two months now it's august he's dating three women and they all know it and they're all okay with it because they all enjoy their time with him as an individual and then I, I messaged him and I was like, so can you be in love with more than one person at once? <laughs> and he was like, heck yeah, you can. So like, like that was a, a full circle. And now he's in a, a serious relationship with one person and like, but just, you know, he's 40 years old and he's dating three women at once. And he's like, how does this even work? And two of them were cool. Like we can go spend time together, the three of us. So like he got to relive some things in his life that was like really unexpected and I'm not here to judge that or make that wrong or what you should or shouldn't do or how you should or shouldn't be. I got no dog in that hunt, but it was just being able to serve him like that. It was really powerful. Um, and, and, you know, their kid, his kids, they got their dad still, which is like, for me, the biggest win. Yes. He didn't take a permanent exit. Um, I've got a couple of guys like that where marriage is going the wrong way, did everything they could, twisted themselves into a pretzel. And I help them to find their, their self-respect and their integrity and how to extricate and not weaponize, maintain their integrity and respect for themselves. Because ultimately at the end of the day, you got to live with yourself first, last, and always. And whatever yep. the other person chooses to do, that's on them. That's, that's not a reflection of you and, and what they're going through and how they're processing all the anger they're throwing at you. That's what they're living with inside themselves all the time. And when you can see them with a sense of pity it's hard to get mad at them anymore. And it's hard to take it personal because they just mm. kind of turn into a little barking chihuahua. And you, just, <laughs> you just hear the little, me, 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 me. And you're like, let me get you a sweater because you're cold. <laughs> and, and, and everything drops out. You know, all the tension drops out, all the polarity drops out. You're just like, eh, okay, I get it. You, this is what you need. Okay, fine. And then you can let them go and, and not be entangled anymore. Because of what you've done in your internal work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because... When you don't need somebody else's approval because you have your own, life is so much more powerful. Like I can want, I want my wife's approval. I want my wife's you know, sure. admiration. I want her to notice things. I do things for her to notice, but I don't need her to notice, right? I don't need her to understand. I was miserable when I was a younger man because I would get into relationships needing to be understood. Nobody freaking understands me. And when I finally got that and like let go of that need, like I get me cool. One person understands me. It's me. I don't need anybody else. If anybody else does, that's awesome. Bonus points, but I don't need it. I want it. It's a totally different polarity. It's a different pull inside you. It's like needing to eat versus wanting to eat. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, it's that shift. You now are in the driver's seat. You have the keys to your own heart and your own mind, and you don't get so riled up. Your feelings don't get hurt because you're able to meet people where they're at because there's not this unconscious kind of expectation on them or obligation that you never told them or they never signed up for, mm. you know, it's just not there. And, and so it's like, cool. They meet you. Awesome. And they don't, I'm good. That's fine. I, I kind of expected, I saw in a fortune cookie one time, expect nothing. You'll never be disappointed. And I was like, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. If I expect nothing, anything that happens is awesome. Cause I didn't expect that. That's awesome. I didn't expect that. And your whole attitude and demeanor opens up and you can just roll with it. It's cool. You're resilient. You'll be fine. You'll make it through. And is that one of the symptoms of codependency that need to be needed? Yes. That has to be dealt with? Yeah. You complete me is always dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Right. You enhance me. You amplify me. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
sure, those are beautiful, but you complete me, then you're not solid in yourself. There's something there that needs to be resolved. You know, Jerry Maguire is a cute movie, but it's a horrible movie. <laughs> you just blew that one out of the water. It sounded so romantic. Nope. <laughs> no, no, it's dysfunction. Yeah, it's no, like it, it makes me cringe. <laughs> well, we are going to take a break here. And then when we come back, I do want to, um, I want to ask you about your membership program, Jeremy, the Unstoppable Masculine, because um, you said you've got six dimensions of life and love. And I thought, ooh, I, I want to hear each one of those. So let's take sure. a quick break here in a moment. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can find out more about me on Instagram at Growing Forward Services. And you can find out also about my guest, Jeremy Roadruck. That's R-O-A-D-R-U-C-K on Instagram. And he's Kung Fu Guy Jeremy. Kung Fu Guy Jeremy on Instagram. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back and we'll talk about those six dimensions. Stick with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and, of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. We are back. I am with the amazing Kung Fu guy, Jeremy Roadruck, who has already been giving us tons and tons of wisdom about how we can improve in our relationships and deal with some of the stuff that actually keeps us in the toxicity and dysfunction and then that bleeds over into our families and then we take it into work and yuck, yuck, yuck. Okay. So we want to actually deal with some of those issues and Jeremy's giving us a lot of tools. Jeremy, you've got a membership program called the Unstoppable Masculine based on six dimensions of life and love. Do you mind running through those briefly with us? Yeah, yeah. Those are super easy. Um, basically, I just use my hand pinky side down and I go physical is the base. That's the pinky. And then the next finger up physical, we go mental, emotional spiritual then you stick out your thumb and that is financial and then the one more hand the bridge between your thumb and your index finger is relationshipal and the relationship there's personal professional and intimate there's three levels to it okay and and the reason i did it that way the first four 
physical, mental, emotional, social, or spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, those four, those are all internal. Those are your deal. The thumb being financial, that's the outside world. Because if your internal stuff is monkey, then the financial stuff is going to be a slog and a struggle. And the bridge between the internal and the external to get to that financial is the quality of your relationships, intimate relationship, mm. like, like your, your romantic partner, your personal relationship, and then your professional relationships. Like who you know is great. Who knows you is way more powerful. <laughs> and and so, so you're looking at kind of those dimensions. And a lot of times what happens is somebody will get progress in one of those dimensions. And then all the other five suddenly don't look so good. Like they get their body in a great shape. And then all of a sudden, oh, my mindset's garbage. Oh, oh, my emotional life is, is a train wreck. Oh, my spiritual cultivation and, and connection to greater source or purpose. That's the train wreck. Or my finances suck or my relationships suck. Like something, anytime you raise any one of those, the other five all of a sudden don't feel so good because you're on a, high, a higher level in one. So the, the idea is those are the different areas of growth. Um, and it's really difficult to grow in all of them simultaneously. It's not impossible, uh, but it is difficult, especially when you're married with kids because they have their own needs and opinions and they get in the way of your freaking time and energy. <laughs> so, the deal. So, yeah. So what happens when you, you raise the one and then it show, it's the, you feel like the other five now are, um, you know, below the line. What, and you said you can't work on them all at once because it'd be impossible to give that much energy, you know, to everything at once. So how do, how do you change that? Well, it's not that it's impossible. It's just challenging. And, and it really yeah. comes down to, well, then you got to put maintenance on the one that you got to I raise my physical stuff. Okay. Put some maintenance, disciplines, routines, habits, practices, uh, okay. and then you go to the next one and you can just stair step your way around. And um, what you don't want to do is what most people do is they get good in one area and then they, they tear themselves apart in the other five. Mm. Um, to use someone as an example, who probably your audience knows fairly well is a guy named David Goggins and, you know, uh, world's toughest man, athletes, all these different things that he's done. But if you listen to his self-talk when he's done stuff, um, I would never want my kids to talk to themselves the way he talks to himself. Very destructive, very, mm. very negative, very harsh language patterns. And, and he has them there for a reason and they get him you know, massive impact, but is that what I want my kids to have internally? And so when we, we, we are, we raised our standards in one spot, that's cool. But then we see the others are lacking what we have inside will be revealed by how we handle it. And if we start tearing ourselves down and we start being mean to ourselves and cussing ourselves out for not being perfect or not being at some level, it's like, dude, you need some more compassion. You need to like have a little bit more grace for yourself. Cause if you were raising a child like that, that kid, you're going to crush their heart. Mm -hmm. And yet you've internalized it. And now you're doing it to yourself. So I know there's something unresolved in your past because when you're strong, you want to make other people strong. You don't have to leverage weakness. And in fact, when you see weakness, you want to help it grow into strength, right? True leaders raise other leaders, not followers. They don't want yep. to cult around them. They want peers to expand power and influence. And we're all accomplishing more. And so these six dimensions, as you see, one starts to improve. Awesome. There's a pathway to success. How did I improve that one? And how can I take those strategies into the other areas? And they each need a little bit of nuance, right? You know, growing spiritually is not quite the same as like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bench press 200 pounds. Now I want to go to 400. So I want to, you know, I want to be more present and giving, okay. I want to do that twice as good. Like, like you don't use the same kind of mechanisms to, to like double your impact, but it's that same kind of idea. It's, it's still, what did I do? I made dedicated time. I read books. I got experts to help support me. 
cool, those strategies will translate. And, and that's really the idea is, is figuring out where are you excelling? Cause we're all better than somebody at something somewhere and we all yep. are worse somewhere. Cool. So let me share with you my strengths and then let me learn from your strengths and we both expand win-win. Yes. And that's exactly what I'm doing this month on a sabbatical is studying more in that spiritual realm, right? So it's yeah. reading books on that, developing some rituals, some habits, I'm going to strengthen that one. And yeah, don't want to forsake the other ones. But I like how you said, come up with disciplines, some maintenance systems, and don't beat yourself up in those. If you catch yourself beating yourself up with that negative self-talk, Jeremy, what would you say to someone in that moment? Um, laugh, take a deep breath, appreciate. Because <laughs> it really is cool. You just, you're, you just realized. It's like people say, oh, I, I forgot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you mean you just remembered? And they're like, what? <laughs> Well, if you forgot the thing that you're telling me about, you wouldn't be telling me about it. So you didn't forget. You just remembered that you left it somewhere else. Oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> but, but that language matters. It does. Like, like, I don't tell people don't forget. I tell people remember. I don't say to kids don't run. I say walk. I say walk safely. I, I label what I would like to have or what I'd like to see in a positive statement. Don't run. Don't smoke. Don't be late. You're, for, you're forcing them on the outcomes you don't want. Be healthy, be on time, be early. So yes. when you hear that negative self-talk, you just go, dude, harsh. Let's try that again. And you can talk <laughs> to yourself like that. You could just be dude harsh. Like, let's try that again. What's a better way to say that? Right? Well, self-coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anything you do, is that the best you've ever done? Or And then you'll get better with practice, especially when it's the first time you've ever done it. So like, oh, hey, I did a thing. I got a result. Did I like that result? No. Okay. Am I going to stop? What am I going to change? Because once you, well, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to change. Okay. What am I going to change? Because now you know what doesn't work. Cool. Don't do it again. Exactly the same way. Change it. Mm -hmm. a little bit. Well, I don't know how to change it. That's when you hire someone. That's when you get a coach or an outside point of view, or you read a book, or you listen to a podcast. That's when you get the extra stuff is when you go, well, how can I change this? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, let me go figure out a way. Yep. You could also say, well, if I did know, what would I do? <laughs> a lot of times we hypnotize ourselves into I don't know. And then you say, okay, I understand you don't know, but if you did know, what would you, what, would you guess? What, what could you imagine? And just that one question, people will start giving me a litany of answers because you knew you just weren't giving yourself permission to know because it's not the one perfect answer. That's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just not what you already did. Jeremy, you also have a podcast dedicated to parenting. And I noticed that a big part of your focus of that is helping your kids speak up. If yeah. children learn to find their voice, what are the benefits? Well, what aren't the benefits? Like <laughs> for, for parents, it's hard at first because, you know, you're, well, my kid's talking back. I'm like, right. okay, so they know their own mind. What's wrong with that? You don't have to agree with what they're saying. And you, you can adjust how they say it right? You're wrong. You're mistaken. I'm confused. Could you help me understand? That's three different ways to language the same moment of impact. So, so yeah, when, when your kids can start to, you know, create their own emotional safety and then they can speak up for themselves, you know, where they are, you don't have to guess, you don't have to mind read. And it gives them a certain level of self-confidence that when I speak, people listen, take that into business, take that into life. I mean, how many, how many listeners, ladies and gentlemen, how many of you listening right now, have a coworker that you're just like, you have a really great idea, speak up, and they won't. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that idea could save the company thousands or millions of dollars, like speak up, and they won't. And it's mm -hmm. like, dude, that's a really good idea. You should, you're the one that championed it. No, you go ahead and say something. I, I don't understand it the way you do, because it's your idea. And so if we give people agency, if we give them strength to speak up, it doesn't mean we have to agree with what they say. 
Doesn't mean we have to accept what they say, but just, hey, thanks for sharing. That was helpful. I, I don't know that I fully agree, but I like the perspective. I'm going to factor that in as we move forward. I appreciate you speaking up. That was awesome. High five. And if you saw that going on in more corporations and more companies and more situations, we get the best ideas to rise up because we all got ideas. But how do we know what's going to be the best idea if we don't engage it and don't discuss it? So training our kids to speak up, that just becomes their standard. I speak, people listen. When I, did, when I worked in the corporate world, I would be in team meetings and I would see the extroverts dominate the introverts and I would mm -hmm. back the extroverts up to make space to have the introverts join the conversation. <laughs> Simply because we're, we're missing some ideas here. We haven't heard from so-and-so. Could, could, could you bring forward? There was an idea you, you mentioned. Could you bring that forward, please? And I'm not the leader of the conversation. Like I'm not even, this isn't even my meeting. I'm software testing. I'm over here testing and you're the program manager, but I'm going to back you up in this meeting because you're steamrolling people and they're not able to speak what matters to them. I don't care. I don't need your approval. I approve of myself. <laughs> Create that psychological safety as a leader. Yeah. Whether it's in your home or in a meeting or anywhere you are. Exactly. Well, I am, I am safety. Like, like I'm unconditional love in my soul and I am safety. Like you have something going on. I will be there. I will listen. I'm available. I will make the time. I don't have time. I make time. And so whatever you've got going on, I just accept the reality of that moment. Then I can help you move forward because I'm not going to make you wrong or argue with you for, for why you shouldn't feel that way. I'm going to like start pulling apart what got you to where you are and what you could do to move forward. Because I'm not going to jump in the hole with you. I'm not going to argue with you about you're in a hole or not. <laughs> so good so good yeah so so i want to give you a plug go, go ahead. ahead no i say yes yeah, just getting your kids to speak up it's such a powerful thing it it, it takes some time because they will they will go overboard right now uh i've got a, a 12 year old and a seven year old and we now have a moratorium on your mom jokes um they can only do <laughs> two a day because <laughs> they heard me once or twice. I said something and I said something, or my wife said something and I said something and something, your mom. And, and now they're modeling that. And it's like, okay, guys, because everything is your mom. Hey, why, why, why do birds fly? Why? Your mom. Oh, God. <laughs> we have to ring that in a little bit. But still, right, we're right. Okay, you guys, two a day. Now they can make as many of your dad jokes as they want because that doesn't bother me in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> Calibrating expectations, right? That's what exactly you're right. It's all feedback. There's, there's no such it's thing as failure. Feedback. There's just feedback. Are you alive? Cool. That was feedback. What'd you learn? Right. Take the L doesn't mean take the loss. Take the L means take the learning. And then mm. you become, you become unstoppable because only anything anyone ever can do is they can block you from progressing in this moment. Because the minute you get a resistance, you're like, cool. What do I need to learn from that? And now we, we, we change our paradigm because it's, I either win or I learn. That's what I did. I competed. Yep. I competed nationally and internationally. I represented the U.S. and the Pan American Games. Um, but it was just a win or learn. And if I'm not learning, I need to expand the complexity. It's too easy. I need to have some L's. If I succeed 100 out of 100, I'm playing too small. Yep. You're not yeah. growing. Mm -mm. No. Well, I want to give you a plug uh, for the listeners to go to your website, theparentingprogram.com. Everyone, that's theparentingprogram.com. You offer a free masculine guide to coming home to chaos. I just, I just love that because it just speaks to the situation. Uh, it's so practical. What's inside that guide, Jeremy? So there's a lot of books and conversations around, you know, your morning miracle, your, your morning routine, coming yep. for the day. And that's all great stuff you do for yourself. 
Um, but the more, the more important part is when you come home and how you come home for your family. Because if you come home still in work mode and you're in production mode, you're a monster. And, mm-hmm. and not from a bad place, but you're completely miscuing on your family and you're running process on your family. You're crashing into them and they feel smushed and stepped on and run over and nobody's happy and everyone's tense. And that's how we go to bed. So if you can come home mm-hmm. and you can switch gears and, and your wife can help you switch gears or your domestic partner or whatever your situation, but if, but if you can come home and switch gears and get out of that masculine work mode and get into masculine home mode, you're literally a completely different animal and your, your connection with your family goes up. Um, like, I don't have a number, I'm gonna say a million times, but just your ability to connect and impact with your family is completely different. And so I walk through kind of the steps of what happens when you don't and, what, and here's how you do so that you can have the whole ritual. It's, it's called transition time. And it's how do you transition out of work mode into home mode so that you can connect with your family, your significant other, wife, spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever your, whatever your domestic situation. But so you can connect with that, that person and the two of you can really have a really good evening. And this is something that is not talked about enough in masculine circles as of yet. I'm doing what I can. Wow, that's so practical. And like you said, there aren't, there aren't a lot of books on that. I mean, I've heard a couple of people talk about listen to your favorite song, you know, say a prayer for your family, uh, you know, change out of your work clothes. And that's, you're sort of changing out of the work mode when you change, change out of your work clothes, just yeah. little things like that. But you probably even have some more mindset things. Oh yeah. You, well, I have a know. specific set. It's a ritual. You come home and you do it. And there's a specific sequence and, and how you greet your family and your kids and how you reframe yourself. And literally, you know, the change your clothes is great. Take a shower first, like literally wash the day away. Mm. Think about, here's the metaphor. You've been out in the battlefield, slogging, killing, fighting, struggling to produce results. You're coming (laughs) home, your armor's covered in gore. You've got the sword dragging behind you. You're weary. (laughs) And now you got to like make dinner and play nice, nice and play with the kids and put them to bed. (laughs) And you're still covered in all that crap. Like (laughs) that's messy. That's messy for everybody. And it's existential gore. It's not, you know, physical. Right, right. And so when you go and you wash the day away, it's 15 to 20 minutes of you have time in a cave by yourself, wash yourself clean, breathe your home, appreciate the fact you're here and you've got these people that you care about. Like there's things you can do. And as you get used to doing this, your significant other will push you into the shower because they know, (laughs) because they feel the difference when you come out and you're wearing different, a little bit different clothes. You're maybe, maybe you have pajamas on, maybe you're ready for bed but you feel so different and you're such a different vibe. They feel safer. They feel heard. They feel seen. They feel just so different. They don't have to be on pins and needles. And it's, it's at first there's a test because your partner will be like, Oh yeah. Okay. You've been gone all day. And now you're going to take another 20, 30 minutes. Selfish bastards. Right. Right. But once you do it, it's like, Hey, give it, let, let's just give this a week and see how it goes. And you do mm-hmm. it for five days. And at the end of that, most 90 plus percent of the time, they're like, we need to keep doing this. <laughs> because you're such a different you're geared completely different and i can't tell you the difference until you experience it and then you're like why haven't i been doing this why didn't they teach me this because it would have saved so much time and energy and, and literally i can't say it would save marriages but it absolutely can amplify all the good that's going on in your marriage that maybe you're forgetting sometimes yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I don't think the, the wife wants to kiss the husband covered in and work gore all over their armor. <laughs> I love the metaphor. It was so classic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's visceral for a reason, but you're like, oh, yuck, I need to get clean. It's like, yes, you do. <laughs> 
Also in your website shop, Jeremy, you offer an intimacy workshop. So da, 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 this might be the most important few moments of this podcast. So give <laughs> us a spoiler alert. What is the number one action to get to intimacy? Well, the number one thing is stop running in desire. Because trying to time mutual desires, you're going to be dead in the water 99% of the time. Between pressures at work, pressures with kids, taxes, pay the bills, get the trash, all the minutiae of day-to-day life, you get through all that, you're not going to want to feel like banging uglies. So you've got to start being more deliberate and consciously creating moments of connection. Mm. Because you're, you're, you're starting to set time. It, it, a lot of people, intimacy is driven through separation. It creates tension. I'm, a, I'm apart from you. And so that creates tension. Then when we get back together, that, that works in dating because you're not living together. Right. But when you live together, relying on separate time to create tension is a bad strategy because you're both being pulled by, and especially with kids, you've got all these other deliverables weighing on your hearts and minds and bodies. So you've got to like have date night. You've got to have, there's, there's levels of intimacy and physical intimacy is at the result. It's the last one of several layers of intimacy prior to that. And so you get those earlier moments, you set the stage for that, that final physical intimacy. And, you know, everyone has different desires and hormone levels change. So always go see a doctor, make sure you're healthy enough for sex, get your hormone levels checked. That's always a big mm-hmm. piece too, but it's mostly psychological. And, and for a lot of moms, I'm seeing this a lot in some of the younger dad groups, you know, well, she's just not interested anymore. She just doesn't want me. And I'm like, dude, her identity just shifted. She, before she was single, single lady, then she was, you know, fiance lady. Then she was married lady. Now she's mom. Mm-hmm. That's an entirely new identity. And do moms have sexy fun times? Do they wear lingerie and, and bang like bunnies all night long? Cause I'm a mom and I have to get the laundry folded and I have to make sure we have food tomorrow. <laughs> yep. I have to, they've got, but they've got this whole model of what it means. And so when we start to realize that, Oh, I need to get a hold of, you know, sexy single lady versus married. I got to in the same woman, I got to find that other part of her. I got to, how do I create the opportunity to connect to that side of her? Cause she's still there. She's just not running the bus right now. And so it's consciously creating connection. How do you do that? I walk through a lot of cool steps. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, there's a set of action guide. There's actually a Q and a, the two of you can do together. Um, and it's really amazing if you watch it together, cause it gives you a common language so you can understand like, what are your pumpkin hours? What are your jump starts? Um, what are your desserts? Like, like there's words you can use. What are your tank fillers? So you know how to communicate your needs to each other, because if, if your partner's running on fumes and you're trying to jump their bones, mm. that's, it just feels like, oh, that's all you want from me. Yeah. And you become, this is the thing, guys, you want to listen to this. The minute she feels like you're an obligation or you're an expectation, you now energetically are just like the kids. You're just pulling energy out of me. You're not putting energy into me. Yeah, you want to put things in me, but you're not putting energy into me. And so now you become a source of tension, resistance, and pain versus you know what fills her tank. And that doesn't mean be fawning and be overly pleasing, right? Give you an idea of this. For my wife, when the kitchen, flat spaces in the kitchen are cluttered, our entire house is a disaster and a mess and she has to clean everything. That's her model of the world. It's not physically true. It's not actually true. We literally could clean the whole entire house and just have some stuff that's stacked on there that needs to go in the garage. But the way she feels about it, our whole entire house is a disaster. So if I try to approach her, I'm taking more energy out of her and she's unsettled. 
Yep. But if I just make sure all the flat spaces are clean and it could be yep. as simple as put it on the floor until she kicks it with her foot and then gets pissed. Or I can just go put it in the garage and get it. Just, I, I killed that. I killed the mess. <laughs> right. and now all of a sudden I'm her hero and a hero has to be rewarded. <laughs> yeah, there was a book years ago called Sex Begins in the Kitchen. I think that was the name of the book. And uh, you just explained why that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, for my wife and her model of the world, because your, your wife may have a different model and different things might set her off. But I've studied my wife enough to know that sets her off. So if I make sure those surfaces are flat and clean, she's happier in our life and in our marriage and in our house. So it behooves me to have a happier wife. I should have a discipline around certain things. And then teach it to the kids. So they don't, uh, they don't nerf me either. Guys, why are these things on the counter? We talked about this. They uh-huh. are here. Thank you. <laughs> We're a team. Help, help me help you to help her. That's right. That's right. Help me help mom. This is all CYA kids. We're covering our airbags. Uh. Well, you are a Kung Fu guy and you've you've alluded to martial arts a little bit already today, but anything else you would add on Kung Fu and relationships? How do they relate? It's really about energy flow, right? Because in fighting, the goal in fighting is to be effortless. When you hit in the right time and place, there's no resistance. Any resistance is just feedback to make adjustments. That's it. Getting hit is a feedback. I left an opening. Because if I take away the openings, you can't hit me. If I'm in harmony with the universe, I'm unstoppable. And, and that's really how do you, you can create those moments. Imagine creating in your intimate life, go back to that for a second, but you could create this effortless moment of connection with your partner. And you both like, let, that lights you both up. Well, you can create that type of experience, not the same mechanical experience, but that same flow with customers, with clients, with direct reports, with owners, with managers, with key decision makers, with everybody, because human beings, ultimately, we are positive energy, occupying space, moving forward through time. And that's a Kung Fu attitude. It's all just energy and potential in front of you. How do you align with it? Because as you align with universal principles, you align with the ability to connect, you now have influence to guide where things go next. And anybody who's working against you, they're misaligned with the universe. They're going to fail. It doesn't matter. It's, 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 they're fighting the laws of gravity. Like you can get yourself to that level of operation. It's a skill. Like that's what Kung Fu means. It means skill and ability. That's the Gong developed through hard work over time. That's the Fu. Mm. So if someone's powerful, like, like in Cantonese, lip means strength. But if we say you have Gong Lik, that means you have power. That's skillful strength, right? It, it's, you have an ability with your strength. It's not just Li. Or li, li is Mandarin. Lik is Cantonese. But like Lik means you have muscular force. Gong Lik. That's somebody to be scared of because they have skill with their muscular force. So that Kung Fu, you have skill and ability developed through hard work over time. That it's everything human beings do is a skill. We can get better with practice, breathing, pooping, influence, uh, <laughs> charisma, all of its skills that can improve if we study the right salient pieces. And so that's how it all links together. And that's, that's, it's all energy flow. And so wherever you get resistance, cool. What an opportunity to step in, step up, make changes versus run away from it or somehow take it like, oh, I'm, I'm getting resistance because I'm bad. No, you're not bad. You just have some opportunities to learn and grow. Yes. So good. Well, last two questions for you, Jeremy. What do you want to promote for our sure. listeners' personal leadership development? And how can our listeners best contact you and all you have to offer? Yeah, yeah. Well, the best thing you can do for, for leadership is hire me and we can work one-on-one and do some amazing cool stuff Yeah. Um, and hire me to work with you individually or hire me to work with your company and do some cool things. And we're 
I can create stuff, you know, fortune 20 million company. I don't care because it's all still just energy and people and, and I'm more than happy. So the best thing you can do is hire me 90 days. We'll transform some really cool stuff, more clarity, more confidence, and more certainty. The second best thing is actually go get my book. Your best child ever is this game worth winning. Um, it's the only parenting book with a money back guarantee. And the reason I suggest it for leadership is because the first part I talk about getting in the game and I talk about four key ideas to set the stage to create games. There's only four factors to playing a game. And when you understand those four factors and, and game, you can extrapolate to any type of human behavior. You can begin to create win-win games, sustainable games for you and your team, for you and your client base, if, if, you know, whatever the need you have. And so that is really, really powerful. All kids play games, all kids tell stories. And so learning how to master games, you become a change agent on a whole nother level because you can see into the box of whatever's going on because people get wrapped up in their BS, their belief systems, and they don't realize the, the behavior and you can tweak the behavior super fast. So that, that would be the best two things. And to get a hold of me, you can go to jeremyroadruck.com. The parentingprogram.com also is a good site. Um, and you can find me on um, mainly on Facebook, but I'm everywhere. I'm not shy. Reach out. I will reply because I'm, I'm the only Jeremy Roderick online and uh, <laughs> the only one in the world. And I'm here to serve. I'm here to help reduce suffering. And, and you did that today. Yeah. You did that today, Jeremy. Thank you. I feel like I've got a personal session of therapy. Uh, and I bet you all the listeners did as well. So please utilize Jeremy's services. And uh, Jeremy, thanks again for being with us today. It has been my pleasure. Thank you, sir. So I've got some takeaways from Jeremy today. Keepers worth mentioning. Oh, so many. How could I just limit it to a few? But they're just the breathing in and out uh, where you accept the reality. It balances your body systems. It cleans out the stress hormones. We've got to take our deep breaths and not attach to the past as we do that reset in our day. I love when he referred to when don't don't just keep uh, asserting your motives when you're in a conflict with the one you love the most. The feathers are still disturbed until they get smooth through an apology. Nothing can move forward. That was great. I love his talk about strong people want to make others strong. So you've got to get stronger inside in those six dimensions and be easier on yourself with grace and compassion as you continue to learn and grow. Take the L if you're competitive. It's not a loss. It is learning. Such good stuff. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And I've got a free tool coming your way. If you want to go over to my website, growingforwardservices.net, take the free animal personality quiz. Not only will you get your results and how to bring out the best in your style, you'll be in the Growing Forward tribe from then on. And it'll be great to be a resource for your growth. Thank you for listening to episode 30. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other achievers in your life so they can grow forward in their lives. Remember, you first must lead yourself well, as Jeremy said today, before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.